welcome to the Conference Summer Sessions podcast, episode number three. The topic of today is the role of a product owner within a development team. Welcome everyone to the third and for now last uh, podcast uh, of the Conference Summer Sessions. Uh, we just uh, finished doing the live uh, session on, on YouTube and on our website. And uh, right now we're going to uh, summarize for you uh, basically what we've been talking about for the past uh, uh, past hour and a half, um, which is uh, the role of the product owner in a development team. Uh, my name is Stefan Komenschap. I will be the host for this podcast, and uh, I've got three guests in this podcast well as as well. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves. And we're going to start with Jeroen. Uh, Jeroen, can you introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. Thank you for having me. Hi, my name is Jeroen van der Gulik. I'm an independent software consultant. I'm a software or solution architect by trade, but currently fill the role of a product manager at Molly. For those who are unfamiliar with Molly, it's a payment service provider like Agen or Stripe, who you may have heard of. Okay, thank you. Uh, Rafael. Hi, I'm Rafael Doms. I'm an architect with uh, Get Feedback, part of the Momentive family. Uh, if you don't know it, it's a solution to get feedback from your customers to improve your own product. Uh, and I play a role of architect, which essentially means I try to make sure that, you know, engineers and teams are talking to each other and supporting their product owners and also talking to those product owners to make sure they're also aligned in what they're trying to do. Okay. And then last but not least, uh, Gunther. Okay. Thank you, Stefan. So uh, my name is Gunther Verheyen. I live in Antwerp in Belgium. Uh, I call myself an independent Scrum caretaker on a journey of humanizing the workplace with Scrum. Been doing Scrum since 2003, so my life sort of revolves around it, for better or for worse. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Um, so the, the topic for today is the role of a product owner in a development team. And the reason that we picked this topic was uh, that uh, with the, with Ingewikkeld, the company that's organizing this whole thing, um, we... Uh, we, we go into different organizations and we, we experience different teams. And one of the things that we see happen a lot is uh, some kind of disconnect between uh, the, the product owners and the rest of the development team. And uh, we, we feel that is a bit strange because everyone is part of, you know, the same team and uh, uh, you should have the same objectives, but it doesn't always work like that. Um, so um, let's let's start with uh, the question that we started with uh, in in the live session as well, uh, which I think is uh, an important starting point. Uh, what exactly is the role of a product owner? Uh, Jeroen, you you have experience in, in both development roles and product owner role. Uh, can you can you tell a bit about what the role of a product owner is? Yeah. So in my opinion or in my view, uh, the role of a product owner is twofold. Um, one is managing up and the other is managing down. And I mean that in a hierarchical uh, sense. So managing up means managing expectations, keeping stakeholders informed and give realistic uh, timelines and roadmaps and sometimes being the bringer of bad news. Managing down means prioritizing and focusing uh, or uh, for the team, um, protect them from noise like politics or regulations, stuff like that. Uh, and being an enabler to do their work to set them up for success. So that's, uh, in short, what a, a product owner to me is. 
in that sense, the product owner is basically the spider in the spider web of all the communication between or in between all the different stakeholders within the company, be it the team or uh, be it the stakeholders, as in uh, people who have requests for features, etc. Okay, Gunther, uh, do you have something to say about this? Yeah, just to build on that, for me, the product owner, um, the product owner's professional life revolves around the product. So the, so the product should be at the heart of whatever the product owner does. And I like to think in terms of accountability. So for me, a product owner in Scrum is accountable to optimize or maximize the value that the product delivers. And, and value in terms of value for users or the consumers of the product, value for the organization by the stakeholders, but also value talking about that for the developers or the development team. In that sense, not burning and burning them out, being open about uh, implementation as well. So, product owner is accountable for maximizing the value that the product delivers. Right. Um, now, having said that, uh, as I mentioned, I see a lot of issues uh, in in uh, between developers and, and product owners. Uh, as as a developer, uh, Raphael, uh, what do you think causes such problems? Uh, so I think if you compare these two, what is the role of a, of a product owner? Uh, the failure starts right there at the communication level, right? The product owner is kind of like this uh, conversion layer between stakeholders and, and, and developers. And a lot of the failures that we see uh, with development teams is not being able to either understand or express uh, these two sides, you know, being able to express what the user value is to developers uh, and being able to understand the engineering value and what it means for the value you want to deliver to, to users and just not uh, being transparent in how those two sides, uh, how those two sides come to a balance uh, that, you know, delivers value uh, during a sprint. Yeah, you mentioned transparency and uh, that was one of the things that was, I think, I, I feel like that was one of the most important words uh, during the live session was, was transparency. Uh, uh, what kind of transparency are we talking about here? Well, I think transparency in this case is, is really putting it all on the table. What are the motivations? Why, why are we trying to achieve this? What are we trying to achieve uh, coming from the stakeholder side? And then on the other hand is, is also the developers being clear on the, the challenges. Why do we think this is going to take longer? What is the reason that we're trying to solve this problem in a different way? Um, and, and not holding back, right? Uh, you know, if there's reasons for a deadline, uh, make sure those reasons are clear so we can make sure that the trade-offs that developers are making can cater for that without also causing issues. At the same time, being clear about what is the trade-off that you're making and what that will imply for future product decisions. Right. Um, so uh, the transparency is important. Uh, it, it's important that uh, all, basically all the parties know about the positive sides and the negative sides of every decision, basically. That's, that's what you're saying, right? Yeah, um, exactly. Yes. So how can that transparency be, uh, be, be promoted, be implemented into an organization uh, Gunther, maybe? Yeah, like you said, transparency is, is crucial. And, and I think transparency emerges a lot from 
proper collaboration where people collaborate and honestly work together and interact and share stuff things will become transparent um, so it's come we've got those events that we say people should organize and those events should provide transparency now transparency also transparency also um, um, created by, by having that information in those artifacts but certainly at those events those events are designed for people to collaborate to share to share like Raphael said what is working but also what is not working and that's a bit of the problem with transparency that people love transparency everybody cherishes transparency everybody says they love it until the day somebody is sharing something that is not working as they hoped for then suddenly transparency is suddenly less popular. But in those situations, for me, even more important. But again, it takes a lot of, 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 of courage and maybe pushing back to, uh, to stakeholders or managers and so on. But yeah, embracing transparency in the collaboration is, is indeed the key. Um, live those events, try to, try to be honest at those events. Um, it's, it's in a way why we have a Scrum Master role in place in Scrum. The accountability is to help people grow better relationships. Right. So the events we're talking about here are the, the daily Scrum, the, the refinements, the review, the, the retrospective, stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the formal events are sprint planning. So looking forward to, to, to the upcoming sprints and, and honestly share what we think we can we can making that sprint or not. And that's, I think that's the, the transparency that Rafi also talked about. As developers openly share that you think you will not be able to handle all of that work that the product owner is hoping for. So sprint planning and then indeed daily scrum on a daily basis. Certainly we're talking about developers or development team, at least check in with each other, what is working, what is not working, what are we going to do next? Even if that wasn't our plan like 24 hours ago being able to adapt. And then by the end of sprint, at least have a review or retrospective. It all, it's all about making things transparent and based on transparency, inspect your actual situation so that in the next sprint, you can look for different ways of working, better relationships, uh, adjustments, adaptations. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, and uh, should the product owner be at all of those events as well? Uh, Jeroen? Um, in my opinion, yes, obviously, uh, since product owner is part of the team, so he should be part of all the, uh, the team events. That's, uh, at least how I interpret it. Um, I wanted to go back a little bit on the previous topic on transparency. This okay. also means transparency from the product owner to the, to the team as well, right? It's, it goes both ways. So we discussed this before, but, uh, bring a problem, not a solution as a product owner, right? Make, let the team decide on the solution and preferably let the team decide on multiple solutions and then as a product owner decide on one of those with all the trade-offs attached to it, right? So uh, what I see going wrong a lot of the time and uh, what causes friction is that the product owner doesn't explain why we are doing something. Like, is, why do we care about this? Why is this important? Uh, why is there a deadline attached to something, right? So if we explain all these, it might be very obvious for a product owner because he lives that day in, day out, but the team is not, might not be aware and they need that context to make better decisions and to come up with uh, better decisions as, 
uh, Rafael put it, like if we take on some tech debt to meet some de uh, arbitrary deadline, uh, that ha will have consequences in the future. As long as that's clear for all uh, involved parties, that's fine. If it's not clear, it becomes a problem, right? Right, right. Um, I, I liked the way that during the live session, uh, Gunther talked about this whole uh, um, uh, interaction as the product owner bringing uh, uh, the what and the why and uh, the developers coming in and, and determining the how. Um, this this makes perfect sense and that makes for, uh, I feel that makes like a, a good uh, a collaboration uh, or basis of collaboration. Uh, Gunther, is that something that you, you've encountered a lot? Yeah, and that's for me very important because it, it, it also goes back to the fact that those three accountabilities in Scrum, they are peer accountabilities. They bring just different perspectives they, or they have different in interests, they have a different purpose. But you need all of them in order to be successful. So you need both the perspective of the what and the why, plus then people thinking about the how. So and in, in that sense, the fact that there are peer accountabilities bringing different perspectives, for me, is an invitation for those people to actually collaborate. Because nobody is a boss of the other one. Um, so it's, it's all about bringing different perspectives and, and in that sense, um, emerge some healthy form of collaboration. Because, it, you know, the what and the how are not solely clearly distinguished because a certain how will have an impact on the what and a product owner from a return, return on investment or money or whatever financial investment perspective might like to have something more cheap and then accept the consequences that it will be a different what than what he expected or how it looks like and so on. And it, it goes both ways. So peer accountabilities as an invitation for them to actually collaborate and build on their expertise and skills, but, but join it. Yeah. And, and then still form one team or one ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a, a, a very important thing as well uh, that we discussed in, in the live session is uh, whether the product owner is part of a development team. I think we came to the conclusion that yes, a product owner is actually part of the team uh, and is not outside of the team. Um, uh, if if the, the product owner is outside of the team, then there is probably a bigger problem than, than just uh, the roles, the definitions of the roles. Um, now, uh, um, uh, to, to make up a good collaboration, um, uh, we have to communicate and work together to do something. Uh, and uh, there's two important questions in that. Uh, let's start with the first question. I'm going to start with you, Rafael. Uh, how can a product owner support a developer? What do you expect from a product owner as a developer? Uh, I think it's twofold. Uh, one is is the understanding. Uh, be willing to listen to the developer and understand what the developer is trying to uh, explain, uh, and, and and give them that that you know that clarity that we were talking about. Make sure you're coming with a problem, not with a solution. Uh, make sure that you're listening to the feedback and make sure that you're you're defining the acceptance criteria, or as I described in the live session, is they are the the rules of the land, right? It, you know, developers need to make solutions and anything can be a solution to a problem. It depends on the rules that you're living by. And if a product owner is able to support the developers by bringing those rules very clearly uh, and, you know, essentially defining what the play area is like 
and then listening to the feedback and especially what we talked about technical depth what what trade-off will incur into what solutions uh, and problems in the future uh, that's that's what we want we want to understand the user value and we want to help find the balance between delivering that but also making sure that our uh, our side of the field is clean right yeah okay um, the other question of course makes sense then is how can a developer support a product owner you don't um, like I uh, said during the live session, I think it's very important to be uh, very honest and open, uh, transparency, as we said before, um, and pick your battles, right? So uh, I made this analogy that uh, you can have like the very chromed out uh, perfect version or like the duct tape and, uh, and cardboard version. If, if the developers uh, with every feature always want like the deluxe version, at some point, that credit is going to erode, right? The product owner is going to uh, not believe them anymore. And even if it, re if you really, really need a deluxe version for this, he, he won't, he won't give you the time for this. So it's give and take, right? So be open and transparent about if something really needs attention, or if we can. Well, I hate to the term cut, cut corners, but we don't need like the perfect solution for every little detail that we build, right? It has to be of quality. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like uh, take shortcuts. But there is like the normal version and then there's like the plus, plus, plus version. And developers tend to always want to go for the plus, plus or 100 plus version, uh, whereas a simple plus would, would suffice, right? So pick your battles there and be, be open about it, especially if you do need like the very deluxe version for various reasons. It will, you know, save you uh, headaches. It will save you tech debt. It will save you uh, problems in the future. Be open about that. Because then if you build that trust with your PO and he trusts your team to do the right thing, he will make the time or he will ensure that you get the time to do it right if it needs to be. But if it's for every feature, he won't listen to you anymore. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think uh, 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 one of the most important words in what you just said is uh, the word trust. Um, uh, we've we've mentioned the, the transparency before, and I think the transparency will lead to trust. Um, and the trust is the basis for uh, the healthy relationship that Gunther mentioned. Uh, so uh, it all uh, fits together basically in in this big picture. Um, now, uh, talking about big picture, uh, one of the situations that we mentioned uh, in the live session as well is the situation where there is not a single product owner, but because it's a big company, there's a, a lot of product owners and uh, they're sort of working together, but also working on their own bit instead of uh, working uh, as part of a, a team. Um, uh, in how, how can you facilitate, how can you make sure that uh, uh, in bigger organizations, if you have multiple teams and multiple product owners and, you know, multiple everything, uh, how can you still make sure that uh, things still work out for the best? Uh, Gunther, can you, can you tell something about that? Yeah, like I said in the live session, I have this uh, very explicit preference to have one product owner for a product. You can have multiple teams working on the same product. You can have multiple, uh, let's say, representatives of that product owner working with uh, with certain teams. But I, I, I like somebody taking care of the of the of the overall picture or health of the product. And and like I said during the live session, uh, certainly avoiding sub optimization, where a, a a single team might get totally 
in a way stuck and 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 on their own solution or their own and optimizing for their own work and forgetting to take decisions in the best possible interest of the overarching product, which might include dependencies with other teams as well. Um, there are different names for that. Some people might call the product owner of the product, the product owner and the other ones proxy product owners, or I think Raphael in the, the live session tried to indicate that as a sort of product architect, he tries to mind integrity and integration of the overall product and so on. So I'm, 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 I'm not too, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not too stubborn about exact terminology and so on, but at least somebody taking care of the overarching product, um, regardless of how many teams are actually working on it. Right. Uh, uh, Raphael, this, this integration or, or communication or whatever, the collaboration uh, between uh, developers or teams working on individual parts of the, of the application and, and the, the overall bigger picture, uh, uh, we, we named it architect as well, but that's more a technical term. Uh, how, how does that work uh, for you? So that's, that's as we explained in the live session, that's, that's currently the role I, I play. And it's a role that uh, came to us by need, not really by design, uh, which is, you know, when you have, as, as Jeroen explained, uh, when you use domain-driven design and you separate your subdomains and your, your bounded contexts, right? And you have all of these teams taken care of it, it you know, we tend to get into walled gardens. We tend to start looking too closely uh, into what we're doing now. Um, and it, I think it's very important to be able to, uh, you know, look across the fence, so to say, and, and, and figure out what's the impact of what you're doing or what are the opportunities based on what someone else is doing. And, and I find it, we found that it was very hard for teams to be able to be aware of everything that's going on. I mean, you can imagine a team with 50 developers. That becomes a big burden. But having one, two people who are able to be looking across the entire field and finding the key points to then bring back and do that, both on an engineering side and on a product side, uh, be that the VP of product or the, uh, the, the, the PO of POs, uh, that really helps us identify these opportunities or, or risks, right? Maybe someone is going a completely different direction that will derail someone else's project or someone is doing something that will save this other project, you know, 50% of the time. So... Uh, that's the kind of role that that I've seen that I've played in in this institution, and it's it's a lot of effort, but it's a lot of fun. It's all about communicating and making sure that people get the opportunity to communicate at the right time. Right. Um, another thing that I felt was was important during the live session um, is uh, the way we can create a, an environment that works for everyone where the transparency is, is a normal thing instead of a scary thing. Uh, and Gunther, I, I said, I think you said something about uh, how you can lead by example and make sure that uh, everyone feels open to communicate. Uh, can, you, can you explain a bit more about what, what you mentioned there? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit based upon a very personal belief of myself. And, and that holds that I can't make anybody trust me. So I can't make people trust me. I can't, I can't, it's not like, trust is not a construction like a house or whatever. But what I can do is I can try to demonstrate that I am trustworthy. And where the people start trusting me. And that's what I call it leading by example. And things that helped me the most in the past is, you know, it took me a while to get there to sort of what I, what I call take it to the team to share my 
um, insecurity, my uncertainties, my problems, my challenges, openly share them with the team. So I set a sort of an atmosphere where it's clear that those things can be shared, that we don't have to be superhumans or superheroes that have no problems at all. And that's what I call by sort of leading by example. And, and it's, it's something that helped me a lot. Take it to the team. Uh, it's helped me a lot. It's where I get my energy from. I've, I've been helped. It, teams have, have, have helped me recover from stuff, get over stuff, and, and even get new insights into problems that I was facing as a scrum master or whatever. And then, and then, then you end up building on, on what we call the collective intelligence. So, so in that sense, lead by example, show that it's okay to be vulnerable. And, and to share uh, uncertainties and insecurities. Yeah. Uh, one of the things we, we discussed, uh, which I think is related to this, uh, Jeroen, you uh, helped set up a department at a, at a big organization near Amsterdam. Um, and uh, I, I've worked in that same project and that was possibly my, my best ever experience uh, uh, working in the development team. Uh, because of the way things worked there, uh, what was the, what were the things that you you needed to do to get that department running so smoothly? Oh boy, um, <laughs> that's a, that's a lot of uh, ask for for a, a small answer. So uh, a couple of things needed to go right. There are some contributors there, and obviously, uh, I was but a small piece of the puzzle, right? So I think what helped us tremendously is that we had uh, senior agile coaches there that knew how to uh, basically how teams work and they facilitated it very well. Uh, we split up, uh, even though it was a big department, we split it up per domain. So every area was focused on one specific subdomain and therefore focused there. And I think the biggest one is that we had buy-in from the senior or MT level, right? So. Uh, we, we always say agile transformation starts at the top. Uh, it's a, it's a top-down approach. So if you don't have buy-in from, from management, then all the changes you, you want to implement will be stranded in sand at, at the end of the day, right? Uh, so uh, obviously those fights had to be fought at a, at a higher pay grade than, than mine. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, it did create the room to actually build this up and, and do this. And a lot of that was also built on trust, right? So that we were given trust. So trust is not earned. Trust is always given, right? So we were given trust that we would do our best to make this a success. And we gave that trust to the teams and said, look, you're uh, independent, you're self-steering, as we like to call them. But this is not, you know, this is not a gift. This is a responsibility. So now you have all this freedom, make the best of it. And I think uh, translating that this is, you know, an opportunity uh, to to the team was what uh, helped a lot. Okay. Um, so if I if I summarize uh, uh, some of the terms that have come by that are important, I think communication sp skills are very important. Transparency and trust is very important. Um, uh, healthy relationships. Um, uh, and uh, the one word that we haven't mentioned yet, and uh, it, it took us to the end of the of the live session as well before we, we mentioned that word, is, is empathy. It's trying to understand each other, trying to understand where people are coming from. Uh, and uh, by doing that, uh, uh, the collaboration will, will flourish, basically. 
Um, so I think if we if we want to summarize it into a couple of words, those are the key words. Um, to close off the podcast, I'm going to give every one of you uh, 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 just a, a, a minute or maybe two minutes uh, to to share uh, one of the the things that that you felt were uh, very important in this whole uh, in this whole session. Uh, let's start with Jeroen. Um, like I said in the uh, during the live session, uh, be kind to each other. Right. Everyone can have a bad day. Everyone can have a bad uh, week. With COVID, everyone can have a bad year. But uh, you know, if a product owner uh, is is you know very twitchy or not very cooperative, he might you know have a lot of pressure from from upstairs. Uh, if developers uh, are having a hard time, maybe you know they have a bad situation at home. You don't know, right? So always give people the benefit of the doubt. Be kind. Because in the end of the day, it's it's we're human, right? It's a human job. It's not a machine job. And at the end of the day, it's just a job, right? Okay. Thank you very much, uh, Rafael. Yeah, create create a bond between uh, developers and product owners. You know, like work on that relationship. Uh, make sure you're you're being kind to each other, as as Jeroen says. But make sure you're working on that relationship. And 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 from a technical perspective, if if you need to focus on one area. Um, you know, if, if every solution has three bridges to, you know, to a solution, one being the perfect bridge, one being that, you know, slightly shaky bridge that, you know, a couple of pieces fall off and the other one being burning the bridge down, uh, make sure that, you know, the product owner understands which one of those burns the bridge so that we can go back on that decision. Uh, and then, you know, focus on picking between the two, find the balance. Don't always go for the perfect bridge. Don't always go for the shaky one, but most of all, avoid, you know, burning the bridges behind you or in front of you, especially in front of you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Gunther? Yeah. And, and maybe a, a call to action for product owners. So product owners claim ownership of your product. Show that you claim a mandate and so on. That is to build on what Jeroen said and also Raphael. That is not an excuse to start bossing people around. You're not a boss of the people. You're at most a product CEO, the CEO of the product. But you've got beautiful people around you to work with. So And, and treat them as people, not resources. We're all human beings. We are not replaceable pieces of machinery. Okay, well, uh, I'd like to thank all of you for, for being on this podcast and being on the live session. Uh, thanks, uh, Jeroen, Rafael, and Gunther, uh, for, for being here, being part of this session. Um, uh, and uh, I, I hope to speak to you soon uh, at some point uh, again, uh, because it's been, it's been wonderful. Um, I want to thank you as a listener for listening to this podcast. Uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, the past three months uh, organizing these summer sessions. Um, there's been no, no decision yet on whether we're going to bring back the summer sessions again next year. Uh, but what will be back is the conference, two-day conference. Uh, it will be, be happening on October 14 and 15. Uh, we will be announcing speakers soon. Um, as in, in the next couple of weeks, uh, you should be able to see uh, some of the speakers being announced. Uh, you can subscribe to our newsletter uh, on conference.online uh, and you can find more information as well on uh, the whole event. Um, and having said that, there's one more thing, a bit of shameless self-promotion. Uh, conferences being organized and the summer sessions are being organized by Ingewikkeld. 
uh, and uh, we are looking for new developers. So if you do PHP and you live in the Netherlands, uh, have a look at ingewikkeld.dev and uh, talk to us if you are interested in, in working for us. So that's all. Thank you very much for listening and uh, see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Conference Summer Sessions podcast. We hope you have enjoyed the series for this year. Uh, for now, we, we are done with the conference summer sessions, but we will be organizing the conference online conference on October 14 and 15. And keep your eyes open for the first speaker announcements in the coming weeks. Uh, and one additional thing, uh, this podcast as well as the live sessions are organized by Ingewikkeld, a Dutch company focusing on PHP development. And we are currently looking for developers. So if you are interested in joining us, then check out ingewikkeld.dev. Thank you and see you later.